We often at this time of the week like to catch up with people that are doing work to help the community, work to help out whoever needs helping uh, in, uh, in, in Sydney. And today we're going to meet uh, Gloria Larman. She's uh, CEO of a group called Shine for Kids. And I think this is a really extraordinary organisation. I think perhaps because, perhaps because it, it just hadn't occurred to me. You know, it hadn't occurred to me that here's a group that would need some help, would need some guidance along the way. Shine for Kids looks after children whose parents are in prison. Gloria, good afternoon. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, James. It, 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 I suppose it just sat a little bit beyond my expectation. You know, you think about perhaps kids who have trouble with, you know, money for school or, you know, mm-hmm. kids that need food or, or materials or something like that. Kids whose parents are in prison, of course, yeah. you know. It, I think people don't think about it because everything's focused on the crime and the perpetrator and media and every everybody just focuses on that. And unless you've actually had some connection, you don't stop and think. Yeah. Why are you involved in it? How did you get involved? Um, look, through studying, through lots of years, I've been involved for nearly three decades, a long mm. time. Um, and, and over that time, you know, unfortunately, I have actually experienced um, in the imprisonment of my nephew, whose son, um, well, my nephew went to prison mm. and saw the trauma that it actually impacted on um, his son yeah. um, for the first time. And 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 that was after twenty years of being involved. So it it really, I mean, it can actually affect it, most people. Mm. Is it a hard area to get uh, to get attention? You know, it's as you say, we focus on the crime, mm. and in a sense, we're going to punish the family as well, aren't we? Yep, absolutely. Um, and and that's exactly what happens. The, the children and the families, you know, are said to do, and they feel like they're doing the time, just like the person in in prison. Um, and it is hard to get attention because the families don't like to identify themselves. Mm. We don't like children to identify, you know, and they're ashamed. You know, they're scared. They don't want to be stigmatised, so they don't want to put their hand up and say, "My dad or my mum's in prison." Mm. And then. You know, I, I think maybe the rest of us are also like, well, you know, <clears throat> your mum, your dad did the crime. Do the time. It's a bit, it's, mm. it's, I can imagine that many wouldn't put this as a priority, wouldn't see why I necessarily need to, yeah. need to, to help these kids. Yeah, I think that's right because, because it was self-inflicted, I guess, by their parents. Um, yeah, it's not, I guess, seen by many um, as a high priority. Mm. Um, But in saying that, you know, these kids are really vulnerable. Um, You know, they experience multiple disadvantage. Um, So if we can focus on them, we can actually stop the the self-perpetuating cycle that a lot of kids find themselves in. Mm-hmm. Spell it out. What kind of things happen to a kid if, if, if dad goes to jail, if mum goes to jail and they're there for a couple of years, say, what, what's going to happen to that, to that child? Well, the, the, the kids get moved around a lot. Um, they get disengaged from school. Um, they don't get invited to birthday parties. Um, they don't get invited to sleepovers simply because the parents gone to prison, which is absolutely nothing about the children. Mm. It's all about the parent, but it's that the stigma that's associated with that. And I guess the cycle sometimes that families find themselves in, other families don't like to invite those children to their houses. Mm. Um, and so we withdraw. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, and so the the children have to withdraw, and a lot of children actually don't even talk about the fact that mum or dad's gone to prison. Mm. So they're holding this huge secret, um, you know, which can build up and up and up in them. They can't actually talk about what it's like, yeah. what it's like to visit on the weekend. Um, you know, what do they bring for show and tell 
you know, if they're in primary school. Um, you know, they can't come and say, well, I went to visit Dad on the weekend. Mm. You know, he was in prison. Um, it, it's really hard. Yeah. And then school marks drop off? Absolutely. Oppor- um, opportunities dwindle, you yeah. know? Um, they, they start to regress. Um, a lot of the children then become two and three years behind in their education. Um, and especially, you know, the older kids as well, you know, if, if, it's, if they're 15, 16 and mum or dad's gone to prison, um, they can lose hope. Mm. Um, and then they do withdraw from school. They don't stop going to school. It's very hard to get kids sometimes to go back to school. Um, and especially if, if it is a high profile case, you know, it's hit the media, it's all over the, you know, everybody knows they can't even hide it if they wanted to. Um, so they're ashamed. Um, and that's real for kids. Um, so they will withdraw from school. Talking to Gloria Larman, she's the CEO of Shine for Kids, a group that helps look after children whose parents are in prison. What? Tell me something about you know. Did you, you've brought some some like uh, some writing mm. along from 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 some of these kids. What? what yeah, you I've got. Um, a, uh, I guess a a young boy who's wanted to write what happened to him when his dad was arrested. Um, so I'll just read it. It was, it's his story. Um, so I'm reading it from his perspective. Mm. Um, so what he was telling us in this story was, I just got home from school. I was 14 at the time, sitting on my computer playing games when three cars pulled up outside. I walked to my front door and asked if I could help them with anything. Then in a matter of seconds, my front door was opened and four police officers ran into the house looking for my dad. I was panicking and then I heard a big boom. I was crying. I rushed to my big brother screaming, what's happening? I ran back to the lounge room to see what was going on. Police officers came into the house. I was screaming and crying. I was so scared of what was going on. I had no one to talk to but my brother. Finally, my mum called. I lived with my dad in the country. I was crying on the phone. She couldn't even hear me. As I was screaming, Mum, police officers are here. She told me that she is coming as fast as she can. I was sitting in the lounge room for six hours. My mum lived in the city, watching my dad sit on the chair in front of me as the police were questioning him, and he couldn't actually do anything. I felt like running away, but there was nowhere to go. I was thinking about how I might never see my dad or my friends again. It was my best friend's second last day as he was moving schools. I didn't get to say goodbye. Watching my brothers both crying, we couldn't do anything. Almost felt like I was trapped and couldn't tell anyone where I was. Hardest thing was never was always looking at my dad as he was sitting in the chair, as the police officers were tearing the place apart. As they took my dad away, it was hard to watch because I couldn't do anything to make him stay, thinking that I would never see him again. Mum finally turned up and I had to pack my bags and leave. Driving to the police station to give my dad clothes and write him a letter to say how much I would miss him. Driving to Sydney, thinking about the whole way my dad's and my family I might never get to see again. Trying to sleep that night was so hard as I could not bring myself to believe that it was real. Waking up the next morning, I I wasn't at home crying myself to sleep for the next seven weeks, depressed every day, having nightmares of it happening over and over again, waking up in the middle of the night crying. I realised that I had to start a new life, new school, new friends, and now things were going over in my mind. 
I was one of the lucky children that this has happened to. I had my mother who could take care of me. Some kids have to live with other families and this would be even harder. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a whole lot of emotions mm. that, you know, a young boy has to, is going through. Mm. Um, well, you think about that sort of disruption when mm. you move school or whatever, but you're doing it with, with your family. Yeah. You know, that sort of situation, mm. incredibly difficult. Mm. What, what's there officially? I mean, in, even in what you were describing, like in my mind, if police knew there were kids there or something, then there'd be someone to deal with that. But that didn't sound like that. That sounded like the police, the, he was just standing around watching a police operation yeah. occur yeah. In, in, in his own yeah. home. It's, it's really difficult, I think, for the police because they're very focused on catching the perpetrator, yeah. whoever's committed the crime. Yeah. Um, so that's their, their main focus. Um, you know, in some cases they have to call in the authorities, you know, especially if there's young children in mm. the house. Um, but although they, they take as much care as they can, I guess, mm. um, it's still, you know, from the child's perspective, mm. um, it could be a whole lot different, I guess. And then yeah. after that, how much sort of official help is there, government-type help? Do they help? Does it, do they help with the school? Do the school know, for example, that mm. this is this yeah. child's situation? Is there any sort of backup or help? No, there's no formal system in place um, to put in supports for those families. So I guess what happens in reality is these kids are out there experience all sorts of things. Um, I mean, Shine for Kids is kind of the only organisation that focuses purely on working with these sort of children. Mm. Um, But there's no systematic way of making referrals um, to the organisation either. Right. So, Yeah. yeah, so yeah, So how do you find out? We find out either that the families happen to Google and they're looking for support, so they right. find us on our website, um, or the person in jail makes a referral. So they can make, you know, the mum or dad in prison can make a referral. Right. So I yeah. suppose words through that system, isn't it? You know, yeah. like you should get in touch with these people. But no one gets handed a brochure or... No. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no real way. And, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of kids are going through this you know, and it may be that, you know, it was a good thing that mum or dad went to prison. Yeah. Uh, most cases it's not. Um, but those kids still need support mm. as well. Because you're not, you're not excusing the crime. Absolutely. Such, you know, you've done no. the, if the crime's there and you're charged, yeah. that's it. You should yeah. be going to prison. Yeah. But there's a immediate consequence. Of that. With the children yeah. in particular. So then what do you see as your, as the main thing you want to do? What's, what's, what, what's the best help Shine can provide? The best top week is actually listening um, to them and being a really a non-judgmental ear for the families um, and then also supporting the kids to work through a lot of the emotional um, turmoil that's going on for them, putting kids in touch with other kids, mm. um, so bringing them together to support them because peer support, doesn't matter what what's going on for you, is one of the best you know, remedies, I yeah. guess, to make you feel that you're not alone. Yeah. So are you uh, mainly looking to provide counselling services to kids or...? Look, I mean, Shine, we provide a range of services. So some of them are counselling, some of them are peer support programs. We have child and family centres um, located close to the prisons. Oh, okay. Um, like actual fam- places? Yeah. Right. Where families can actually come and get support. Kids can meet other kids. Um, and they do that before or after. We provide a range of activities within visiting areas so that the visiting experience is not so traumatic for mm, kids um, mm. because that's a whole other 
side right. of what happens to right. kids as well. So you've been going three decades, you said now? Yes. Yeah. Seeing yeah. good results? What, what, what are Looks, you seeing as success? Um, great. I mean, really good results, I guess, in terms of hearing about how kids are actually staying at school, getting good results. Mm. They're actually making um, their, their way through all the emotion that, mm. that, that goes on for them. Um, and also in terms of helping the prisoner, their, their mum and dad, not go back to prison right. as well. So that we stop that um, cycle. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I suppose that also provides hope to mm-hmm. the person inside, right? You know, like, because if everything's gone, if the kid's gone off the rails as well yeah. and that's all falling apart, well then, you know, perhaps you don't, don't have the same sense of when I get out of here, i gotta, I got to not come back. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's giving them some good options about how to rebuild their relationship mm. with their kids and, mm. and yeah, keep them focused and keep them focused on their kids yeah. um, so they can be productive. Yeah. Well, I think it's a fantastic organisation and, and it's, just, it's just one of those things where you've, you know, these, these are people, these are kids who will go through the cracks, mm. as they say, will fall through the cracks and yeah. you've found, found that cracks and ways of, of dealing with it. Gloria, great to meet you. Gloria Larman, CEO for Shine for Kids. You can Google that up and get all the details and maybe you can help. Yeah. With, uh, with their work as well. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, James. Shine for kids is what you're looking for.